0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Wake Up for Tuesday, September 8th, 2020. Or I'm sure your outfit today is uh, totally different from what you wore this weekend. Uh, here's the latest from Hollywood, the media biz and social platforms with box office news. Hope I pronounced that right. It's been a while. A sitcom shakeup at CBS and a new entertainment head at NBC Universal. All brought to you by the freshest Colombian coffee you can get. Devocion Coffee. And now over to Hollywood. the tenants numbers are in, of course, and that number in the U.S. and Canada was $20 million. That made for a per-screen average of about $7,100. Not bad, considering most screens were at 25 to 50% audience capacity. And that 70 million Americans still live in areas where movie theaters are completely shut down. That's according to the New York Times. So I guess $20 is a good number. Although perhaps the real indicator is going to be this weekend, which should indicate if many people couldn't get in this past weekend, or that a demand has not been met. Also, since the permission to open in places like New Jersey and Maryland and Southern California was given kind of last minute, not all theaters in those markets were able to open this weekend. However, internationally, the film took in about 78 million bucks. That includes 30 million alone in China, which gives Nolan his biggest weekend in China ever. So, including last week's international box office, Tenet's worldwide total now stands at $146 million. And we'll see how it goes this weekend. Uh, no major new films are slated for release in the US. But given the movie's $200 million price t- and huge marketing budget. And remember that Warner Brothers only keeps about half of the box office revenue. Certainly a long road to break even ahead. Although according to the Wall Street Journal, Warner Brothers negotiated to keep 65% of U.S. box office revenue from theater owners versus the usual 50%. Otherwise, some box office numbers to note. Uh, X-Men The New Mutants now stands at $12.3 million bucks total in the U.S. and $20 million total worldwide. Unhinged is close behind at $11.7 million in the U.S. And Searchlight's David Copperfield movie cracked a million dollars total. Some out-of-left-field news coming this weekend from Anna Faris, who announced that she's not coming back for the eighth season of her CBS sitcom Mom. The rationale given to the trades was to, quote, pursue other opportunities. Okay. While the show was launched as more of a two-hander with Ferris and Allison Janney, it had grown into more of an ensemble show these last few seasons. Anna's role will be written off when the show returns later this fall. And over at Amazon, they found their Jack Reacher, casting Alan Richson in the role, according to the trades. Alan's most recent role was in a DC Universe show called Titans that's currently on HBO Max. The first season is going to revolve around the novel Killing Floor from the Jack Reacher book series. <laughs> In the executive suite. For once, a Hollywood rumor turned out to be true. You never see that happen. As the LA Times reported that Susan Robner, the number two exec at Warner Brothers TV, is coming over to NBC Universal to head up entertainment programming, reporting into Mark Lazarus. Essentially, she'll oversee the creative TV factory there from the NBC broadcast network to the cable networks like USA and Bravo and also at Peacock. The previously stated new company strategy is to produce a bunch of shows and then decide which networks they're best suited for. Robner had been at Warner Brothers for 22 years and was previously thought to be the heir apparent to Warner Brothers TV head Peter Roth, who has just one year left on his current contract, so let the palace intrigue commence over there. Over at the Apple TV, they hired Tim Connolly, according to The Telegraph. Tim is a former Hulu and Quibi exec who led up many advertising and distribution partnerships for both companies. Things like Hulu's partnership with Spotify, where you could get both of them for one discounted price, that kind of thing. This comes just as Apple is rumored to be launching a large combo offering involving their various subscription services like Apple TV, Music, Arcade, and such. So expect some big things on that front this fall from Apple. And over in the agency world, Variety revealed that ICM laid off about a dozen more employees in late August. The cuts were reportedly across many departments, ICM employs about 500 people total. Next up, over to the media biz and social platforms, which is pretty quiet, uh, except for a small update on that Altice cable offer deal from last week, and Reed Hastings adding author to his LinkedIn profile, plus today's pop quiz. Let's go back to Tenet's 20 million opening here. Uh, how much money did Christopher Nolan's last movie Dunkirk make in the U.S. on its opening weekend back in July of 2017? And what was its worldwide box office total? I'll give you an over/under of uh, let's say a cool half a billion on this one. The answer, after a coffee break with Devotion Coffee. So if you're having your morning cup of coffee right now, uh, pop quiz number two, where were the beans used to make your coffee grown? And when did they leave their country of origin? In an age where you know the farm your vegetables were grown at and the diet of the cow your steak came from, you probably have no idea what's up with your coffee. And that's what's great about Devocion, you know you're getting the best coffee beans you can get from the country with arguably the deepest coffee making tradition. Devocion prints exactly where the beans came from in Colombia on the bags, and you always know those beans are super fresh. Devotion FedExes their coffee beans every week, straight from Bogota to their Williamsburg headquarters in the U.S., where they are freshly roasted right there in Brooklyn and available for your enjoyment in as little as 10 days. I mean, imagine that coffee in your cup this morning was made from beans that were literally in Colombia only two weeks ago. For my New York City listeners, they have locations you can visit in the Flatiron District, downtown Brooklyn, and their main roastery in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, seven days a week. But if you're not in those neighborhoods, they ship a wide variety of their coffees to all 50 states. Go to devocion.com. That's D-E evocio where you can pick out all the varietals of beans that you want, and shipping is free when you buy just 50 bucks worth of coffee. And enter the code WAKEUP at checkout and get 20% off your first order, which I'm guessing will make it far cheaper than whatever coffee you last bought. So that's Devotion.com, and that direct link and the discount code are both in the episode show notes, so uh, check it out today. And now the answer to today's pop quiz... Dunkirk opened to just over $50 million in the US roughly three years ago. As for the worldwide total, hope you took the over, as Dunkirk took in $525 million worldwide when all was said and done, or about a million dollars per word spoken in the entire movie. Not a lot of dialogue on that one. Now over to the media biz and social platforms. A brief follow-up on Altice's 7.8 billion dollar offer to buy the cable company Kojiko, whose U.S. division is called Atlantic Broadband. Kojiko said, uh, "Yeah, thanks, but no thanks, eh?" I'm pretty sure the word hoser wasn't involved. Uh, Canadian humor. Anyway, uh, Altice said they'll continue to engage in conversations with the Canadian-based company, who I'm sure will still accept all of the Tim Hortons deliveries to their offices to butter them up. I mean, you know how polite Canadians are. <laughs> In today's programming notes, a pretty quiet day. Seth Meyers returns to his studio tonight at 30 Rock. And Netflix CEO Reed Hastings drops his first book, No Rules Rules, a title that couldn't be more Netflixian. I think I just coined a phrase there, uh, which Reed co-wrote about the infamous culture at the world's most popular streaming service. He's also been on quite a book tour interview spree, giving chats to Maureen Dowd at the New York Times, Lucas Shaw over at Bloomberg, where Reed said he thought there was zero chance Disney Plus would hit 60 million subscribers in their first year, as well as a chat over at the Wall Street Journal with Joe Flint, where Hastings said he sees no positives from having his employees working for from home so maybe don't invest too much in that home office equipment if you work at Netflix anyway you can order Reed's book today uh, over on uh, well, Amazon Prime But let's go out today with a shout out to the Versus Music Battle series over on Instagram Video and Apple Music that continues to take off. Over 1.2 million people tuned in at one point during the three-hour Turn of the Millennium throwback matchup featuring Brandy and Monica playing their top hits against each other last week. According to the LA Times, the viewership included Kamala Harris, Michelle Obama, and Lizzo. Although conspicuously, Makai Pfeiffer did not join the battle see he was the boy in the music video for the boy is mine which was brandy and monica's hit song together that was shown uh, pretty much every afternoon in 1998 around 3 p.m on a tv show called total request live hosted by that guy from the today show i love sounding like a grandparent and if you would give all pops here a rating on the uh, Apple Podcast, if you listen there, or even more helpful, just a quick review—it's really the best way to help the podcast out with the Apple folks. So uh, thank you to the many who have already kindly done so. Also, give a follow on the Instagram at the Wake Up Pod Two P's in there, and you'll get an early look at the headlines from each day's podcast in the Instagram stories. With uh, more fun things coming soon. Have a great day, everybody! And uh, remember, today is a Tuesday, not Monday. And I'll see you tomorrow.